Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hello and welcome to Telling Everybody Everything. Bobby is getting canceled on TikTok this week and not a moment too soon. What a prick. Hashtag cancel Bobby. Basically, we have been super busy in the Ryan Kutstra household, and a lot of you have gotten in touch to say, where was the podcast last week? Look, you know that happens sometimes. I have two babies under two. I'm back at work. I have a teenager. June is literally everyone's birthday. It's been crazy busy, and I got sick on top of it. I had this terrible, what I thought was food poisoning, because it came on so violently, like two Mondays ago. And it resolved really quickly, too. I was going to bed, bathing Fenna at night, and that's when I just got a little voice in my head saying, you're about to throw up, Catherine. And I thought, nah. And then sure enough, I was sick. The delicious spaghetti bolognese that Bobby had made earlier that day. Though I learned from Gino DeCampo that there is no such thing as spaghetti bolognese. So bolognese, or however he says it. I don't think it's racist to do an Italian accent. And that's not why Bobby's getting canceled, but I'll get to that. Bolognese is a sauce from Bologna in Italy, a specific place. And their signature sauce is what sort of what we know of bolognese. But Gino DeCampo says that you have to put two kinds of meat in it, which like I'm not on board with, but you'd put beef and you put lamb. So first he chops up the holy trinity of vegetables for any dish, really. It's onion, carrot, and celery. He chops that up. Mm, He sort of simmers it in olive oil. He puts some salt. He might have put a bit of sugar. I don't know. And then some garlic. And then he put in lamb and beef. And then the secret ingredient was whole fat milk. He poured milk on the lamb and beef because he said something about the fat does something to the meat. And then he simmered that for like two hours with tomato paste. I think he actually used a can of chopped tomatoes. I don't really know what else he did. I don't think he had any mushrooms in there. But basically my takeaways were lamb and beef, what the fuck, and also milk. I'm very Jewish in that. I think, I believe it says in the Torah, though don't quote me, that you mustn't boil a calf in its mother's milk. And that's why kosher restaurants and kosher kitchens separate meat from dairy. And I think we can all use that as a metaphor. It's kind of taking the piss. Like it's bad enough if you want to eat meat, but if you want to cook meat in milk then you're some kind of fucked up psycho because like a cheeseburger is really mean because that's a cow, but it's also the cow's mother's milk on top of the cow. It's just rude. Like, you know, we're, we're evil. Humanity is evil. Eating meat is purely evil. 
and we've normalized it and we changed the names of things. Like we don't say cow, we say beef, but like lamb is lamb. Like they kept the word for some reason and it is a baby. It's not even a sheep. Mm-mm. So I'm not having that bolognese, and that, but it did look delicious. And then mm, he might've chopped up like rosemary. I'm not sure, but he used fettuccine noodles. So he said it's meant to be fettuccine bolognese. It's not supposed to be spaghetti noodles. That's the wrong noodle. And he didn't rinse the pasta either. He just drained it and then he picked it up with tongs so it's still watery and put it straight in the sauce and did like one plate. And that's apparently how you do it. And you can use some Asiago or Parmesan cheese. I don't think he really cares. But anyway, so Bobby made that, but not with lamb and not with milk. Just Bobby's regular bolognese. Wrong. Spaghetti. Wrong. And I ate that because it's delicious. And then I was so sick all night. Like sick, sick probably 30 times everywhere not everywhere like I was sick a few interesting places but places that I could clean like Fenna's changing mat like Fred's potty and then I thought oh well that was weird I I, sort of resolved by 5 a.m and then I was up with the kids and I thought oh I feel great now and then Fenna wasn't well that day she had a lot of loose nappies and then I thought okay it's a bug because Fenna has it too and we don't really share food and you can't get food poisoning from breast milk So I must have like breathed on her or we both caught it somewhere. No one else in the family was sick. But if you have babies, small babies that have loose nappies, you know what I mean? When they're sick, you have to watch out because a few days later, Fenna presented with a super hot fever. She woke up hot and I was like, whoa, did I have too many blankets on her? What's going on? The fever came down. I sort of cooled her off with wet flannels. I don't like to give cowpole, but you have to get a fever down. So I gave her cowpole eventually. Um, After like 20 minutes, I was like, no, she's not hot from sleeping. She has a fever. The fever came down. It never came back that whole day. The next day, she woke up with the fever. The fever came down, responded to cowpole. She didn't have a fever the rest of the day. The next day, she had a fever, and I went, something's up here. So I rang the doctor, and this is what you have to know about me. I am anti-doctor, and I am anti antibiotics. I cannot tell you how many fucking adults who should be clever in my life, they get a little virus and they go, yeah, I'm not shifting the virus. I don't know what to say. I'm on antibiotics. And I go, why are you on antibiotics for a virus? Jackass. You don't have an infection. You have a virus and it will resolve on its own. If you get lots of like rest and water and vitamin C and whatever, you don't need antibiotics. All you're doing by taking antibiotics every time you're sick is building your resistance to antibiotics. So when you actually need them, when you actually get an infection, you're screwed. But people aren't clever. And I mean, I can't blame them. It's not their fault. It's that they subscribe to this thing of they just learned somewhere that like, oh, my nose is running. I need antibiotics. I just can't listen to it. So I've never put Fred on any antibiotics. He hasn't had a reason to go on. And Violet, I don't think I, I genuinely cannot remember I don't think 14 years old Violet has never had antibiotics in her life no she really hasn't touch wood I mean Violet's never had a blood test never had any surgery she's like Bruce Willis unbreakable she's just not sick thank god and I thought about that a lot when she was little I would just be like please never let this baby be sick that's like my number one thing mentally well and physically well and then whatever else she wants to be I don't care You might be able to hear some birds. I am in the podcast studio, but I opened the doors because I just need to air this place out. There is aircon in here, but Bobby's been working out. He has a friend here from Sarnia. More on that later. Our wonderful high school mate, John Betridge, on his 40th birthday, which is today, June 22nd. Happy birthday, John. That's why no one's here. They're golfing. Probably won't see them again in my life. Um, But the, the, the gym stinks. 
so I'm airing it out. Fena presented with this fever, and I went to the doctor, and it was amazing doctor. So I, I don't know if I can give you doctor names. I don't, I think there's like a doctor-patient confidentiality that only goes one way, so I think I'm supposed to, I don't know, I think I can give you names. Basically, I take them to the Portland in London, the Portland Hospital. Fred, no, Fred has never been there. But my friend Jen takes her kids there, so she recommended her doctor. And I saw her doctor, who was, um, well, I don't need to give you the names, but I want to give you the names because I'm so, like, I found a doctor that I love, okay? It's Dr. Maloof, and I love him, and I want him to be my doctor. And I wish I could do his accent, but it might be culturally offensive. I don't know where he's from. But I went in there, and right away, he, like, knew about lupus. I gave him my history. I told him I'm breastfeeding Fena. I told him that Fena's starting some solid foods. And I said, you know, she did have neonatal lupus. Are these fevers maybe a manifestation of that? He said, no. I said, I have systemic lupus, but I don't have symptoms. I'm breastfeeding her. Can she? No. And I said, she just has these fevers, but she's super happy and I don't understand. And he said, anything else? Any symptoms? I said, no other symptoms. Nobody knows. She's not fighting anything that I can see. And that is why I'm worried. And meanwhile, Bobby's like, oh, she'll get better. She'll get better on her own. And I was like, ah, ah, a fever is smoke. And I don't know where the fire is. Like she has an infection somewhere that her body is responding to. And I need to go to an actual medical doctor, which I am, as he knows, reluctant to do. He should have known that I was right because I would never be caught dead in a doctor's office <laughs> unless I was nearly dead. Um, I'd be caught only almost dead in a doctor's office. So then Dr. Maloof's like, Oh, anything. I said, well, we did have a tummy bug, but that was a week ago and that's resolved. And he said, oh, she has a bladder infection. I said, mm, no, sir, I've had sex in a few hot tubs in my time. I've had many a UTI and she's not upset. I was upset when I had a UTI. If anyone listening, ladies, I know you've had UTIs is fucking murder and cranberry juice is not enough. The day you start antibiotics, you feel better. You need antibiotics for a UTI. It's not going away on its own and it responds so quickly and you just can get on with your life and she wasn't acting like she was in pain so I said no no and her wee is really clear like she's hydrated I thought she does not have that and he said yes because babies wear nappies even if you change the nappy really quickly and Fena is not potty trained yet um, especially when she was sick she was going in her nappy I do hold her over the potty and sit her there a lot of the times when she normally goes to the toilet but this tummy bug she was going like yeah, no, 15 times in the day, very loose. He said bacteria from that can crawl up the urethra and you get a bladder infection. And he said, we'll confirm it. You have to get a bladder test or a urine test, a urine analysis on Fena. But in the interim, I'd like you to start her on these antibiotics. And I thought to myself, God damn it. Like I, I'm worried because antibiotics don't know the difference between bad bacteria and good bacteria. And you have all this friendly bacteria in your gut. We don't yet know enough about gut health, but I'm a big believer in its importance, especially because I have autoimmune diseases. And I was just like, oh God, okay, because I knew something was wrong. I was like, okay, Dr. Maloof seems like he's on it. And she does have an infection somewhere because she's getting these fevers and there's no reason for them. And you don't just get fevers. I mean, don't Google it. They can be from more sinister things, but I mean, it, it made sense to me. So I started her on the antibiotics, which were hard to find, by the way. Not every pharmacy had them. Bobby had to go around to like three different pharmacies. And we found them from a great pharmacy in our neighborhood. A great, great. It's called Perry Jones. And they are now my pharmacy of choice. There's like a very independent, deeply independent old man pharmacy by the house. 
And that man, I mean, God bless me, I had no idea what I was talking about. And uh, he didn't have an email address. He, I'm sorry, sir. I'm, he's a wonderful man, but I'm done with that pharmacy. It is Perry Jones from here on in. Barnet. Love him. This guy was knowledgeable. He had the antibiotics. He gave them to us very last minute, even with a private emailed prescription. Uh, it's tricky for them when you don't go through your normal GP, but he sorted it out. I started her on the antibiotics. And the next day almost, she was like happier. And oh, I did get the urine analysis, by the way, before I could give Fena the antibiotics, because you need a clean sample without antibiotics in them. You have to do on a baby what's, what's called a clean catch, which is you have that little urine pot and you have to catch their wee in the air because it can't touch them, it can't touch their skin, it can't touch their nappy, it can't touch anything else, otherwise it's contaminated. So urine, if it's clean, like if it's not diseased or in, infected, it's supposed to be sterile. And so the pot that you collected in is also sterile. If this urine touches anything else, that sample is compromised. If Fena had started the antibiotics before I took the urine sample, that sample would have been compromised. So I knew I wanted to get her on these antibiotics. I believed, yeah, there's an infection somewhere, but I needed to catch the sample first. And you guys know last week was a hot as balls week. And I've got this naked baby around the house just like in my arms. I'm just trying to wait and sort of time when I'm giving her milk and when I think she's normally going to pee. And it is useful because my mom said to me, well, why was it hard? Like she's supposed to be potty trained. I said, she's not yet potty trained. I start with poos. I graduate to wheeze. She's only six months old and she does just like pee kind of whenever. Um, but helpfully, because we're in the process of potty training, usually when you take her nappy off, that is when she will pee. But I mean, her nappy was always off because it was hot and I was missing all these peas. Like a baby, as it turns out, doesn't pee that much of a volume. So she would kind of start to pee and I would grab the thing, but I couldn't always have the thing, the tube with me because I didn't want to touch anything, right? I have to keep it sterile. So I would like grab it quickly, unscrew it and try to catch the pee and I would catch, you only need 10 milliliters, but that's, it's only two teaspoons, but it's actually a lot. I would catch like half a milliliter and be like, God damn it. And no one in the house understood how important it was for me to catch this wee. Bobby kept being like, she'll get it better on her own. It's fine. It's fine. I'm like, she's happy. I'm, no, I need to catch the wee. And I need to courier the wee to Dr. Malouf, and I need to start the antibiotics. And so finally I caught it. I got one great wee. She was standing and it sort of went out like a cherub in a fountain. And I put the tube in the middle of the stream and I caught eight milliliters of wee and that was enough. And that was sent to the lab. And three days after Fena started the antibiotics, I got the results back. It was confirmed bladder infection, E. coli in her urine. And so thank God for Dr. Malouf. Thank God for me. You know, like moms need to follow their instincts because your instincts will not steer you wrong. And even if, you know, you just know, like I'm someone, like I said, I, I wouldn't normally rush her in, but I just thought this is very sinister. Like with Fred, anytime he's been sick, he's very clearly sick. Like he's exorcist projectile vomiting across the room. And it was almost the fact for me, that Fena wasn't complaining, like that made it more urgent to me. I just went, this kid is never going to tell us when she's sick. Like we're just not going to hear it from her. So we need to advocate for her. And like these fevers, if your baby has a fever, a persistent fever or a recurring fever, you have to take them in because it's an infection. And if your baby has a tummy bug, make sure that you clean them as as scrupulously as you can, but even then they can get bacteria from the loose nappies in their urinary tract, especially if they're a girl. 
So watch out for that. That's my little PSA. So that was, she's still on the antibiotics today. Today's her last day. You have to complete the course. And then when she completes it, in two weeks, she has to have a kidney scan to make sure the infection didn't travel up to her kidneys and like, oh God, when your babies are sick, it's just so stressful. So I've been really stressed. Well, I mean, I haven't been stressed. I've been stressed for me, but for you guys, still like not, (laughs) not. And this is how I know. Okay, so back to Bobby being canceled. Joanne sent me a very stressed out text message and I don't know how I'm related to this bitch. Joanne, thank you for curating the emails, but you need to cool it, heifer or else you cannot be part of this organization. I can't have anyone in my team as stressed out and fragile as Joanne. Side note, Joanne's therapist, where did you get your license? The fucking charity shop. I'm sorry that I'm swearing a lot today, but a lot's been going on and I cannot, I don't trust Joanne's mental health in the hands of whoever is sorting it. I assume, I don't know if Joanne has a therapist. I assume like most people have a therapist, but like, why is this girl so stressed? She texts me, Catherine, Did you see someone on TikTok has taken a clip from the Chris and Rosie Ramsey show on which you appeared, BBC iPlayer, available to watch now last week, and they've put it on TikTok. If you guys are listening, you know Chris and Rosie Ramsey from their hit podcast, Shagged, Married, Annoyed. If you listen to my podcast, I'm sure you listen to that one. It's wonderful. I've loved Chris and Rosie for a long time. Chris Ramsey is a comedian. Uh, Rosie is his broadcaster wife. Oh my God, forget her. Made a name. They've been married so long. That's what you get, girls, when you change your name. Rosie who? Rosie Ramsey. That's Chris's last name, and now it's hers. She's wonderful. Oh, no, that's her middle name, Marina or something. But anyway, she's great, and they're together, just such a force, and they have this wonderful show on the BBC. One of their items is beefs, and you have to present, like, beefs in your marriage. Bobby and I were guests, and Bobby's been on TV a few times last week. He did Celebrity Goggle Box, which he's on again tomorrow. So am I, Friday, June 23rd on Channel 4 at 10 p.m., and he's doing the Chris and Rosie Ramsey show. He and I have a few pilots in the works, like, And we have to remember, audiences are getting used to seeing just real people. Uh, Ramesh's show, The Ranga Nation, has real, you know, I say comedians aren't real people because in a way we're like trained to be on camera. We're joking half the time. We're unfazed by a lot of it. But when you take people with other jobs, regular jobs, and you put them on TV, that's what people are interested in seeing now. So we mix that up a lot. And people are used to social media. Like you get different access now with social media. People can go viral for funny things like, you know, but you have to remember that they are not media trained the way that someone like I am, the way that Ramesh is, you know, like, so when you send them abuse or you criticize them, I was worried because I'm like, oh, Bobby's not used to that, really. He's, you know, he's in the news a bit. He does red carpets with me. He's on the podcast sometimes. And sometimes people disagree with the things Bobby says or does. Bobby did an amazing garden transformation reel on Instagram and the Sun newspaper reported on it. But people, I think, had only good things to say. Like, he's pretty thick-skinned. He's no stranger to criticism. But I did have to warn him, like, when you do a show like Gogglebox, that's like Channel 4's number one show, and when you go on BBC One, Chris and Rosie Ramsey's show, like, just be aware that, you know, some people's entertainment is to willfully misunderstand you or innocently misunderstand you or dislike you and voice their dislike for you. And that's always fine with me. And I need to remember that for my loved ones, they might not be used to it. And my mom sometimes struggles with uh, people criticizing me. And Joanne certainly 
struggles with people criticizing her family. So Bobby and I went on the Chris and Rosie Ramsey show and the beefs item, I don't really have beefs in my marriage. Like uh, Bobby's misunderstanding or like lack of understanding about gut health is one. Uh, Bobby's like commitment to routine it's kind of annoying. I mean, I don't, I don't know. It doesn't really piss me off. I have a bit about how him golfing pisses me off, but ultimately it doesn't. I think it's good for mental health. I don't really care. He could be doing a lot worse things. So we had to really think. We're like, what, what could we have that's a beef? And one of the things that I thought would be funny is that Bobby throws things away, which is his job. His part of Bobby's, you know, remit is as the dad, he takes things to the dump. He breaks down boxes, and I know that he's annoyed with me. He has beef with me because boxes arrive. You know, women, we, there are lots of comedy bits about, like, women hiding shopping bags or women hiding boxes. And don't be ashamed of that. You know, we're a hunter-gatherer, generational, like, you know, ancestors, descendants of them. So, like, whatever. Women have to hunt and gather and get things for the family in the house. And if that means Amazon today to you, then fine. Sorry I'm providing for you and the children. Sorry I felt like we needed an electronic fly swatter. Um, so Bobby, I believe threw out my beautiful Prada jacket and a bunch of winter coats and he did so innocently. I pack things up for storage and I pack things up for being sent to the charity shop. And one of the bags for storage definitely got sent to the charity shop and Bobby won't take responsibility for this. He's like, it wasn't me. It was stolen. I'm like, all right, well, stolen. Who stole it? That's also under your remit. Like you're the one who's supposed to protect the house from thieves. So like either way it's on you. And then, um, a wonderful, very creative man erected a cat bed for me on a Keith Lemon show on ITV, this uh, crafting show hosted by Lee Francis, whom I love and adore. And Lee Francis, by the way, is going on tour with all these different characters. So if you love Lee Francis, please get tickets to that. Now he's doing a big UK tour. I think he's so funny. Such a wonderful man as Keith Lemon, as whomever he decides to do. He's got these really cool masks. It's going to be a great show, really unique. And this wonderful artist made a cat bed for our cat, Sarah Pasco. The cat bed is enormous. If I don't know if you've seen it on my Instagram or in the New York Times. Maybe if you Google Catherine Ryan, giant cat. It was featured in the New York Times. It's great. Or you can actually watch this clip from the Chris and Rosie Ramsey show because one of my beefs was, oh, I have this big cat bed made by an artist and and then it disappeared and Bobby throws things away all the time. And then as like a comedy reveal, Bobby was like, oh, I can show you where it went. And he had a video of it burning in the garden. Now, this is a bit and a lot of my comedy bits and chat show bits and panel show bits are rooted in truth. So like in truth, I did love that cat bed, but also in truth, it was enjoyed by us and enjoyed by the cat and the dogs for two years, and then it became a little bit cumbersome. It's too big for the house, and it's just not sustainable. And so the best way to dispose of such a giant masterpiece was, of course, to love it, appreciate it, photograph it, thank it for its service, and then give it a Viking funeral out back. And for Bobby to do that in his own garden with how much we know he values the grass is a huge step. And Bobby, you know, there was sacrifice in that for him as well. So Bobby had my blessing to destroy it. And for weeks, we did go back and forth where I said, well, you should take it to a cat sanctuary. Maybe someone wants to buy it. I didn't immediately want it destroyed. But then I realized, no, that is just the easiest way to dispose of this thing, unfortunately. Like, how are we even going to transport it to a cat sanctuary? Who would even want? Like, it's such a unique piece. 
that yeah, Bobby ended up burning it. So the truth is, yes, I did have beef. We in our marriage had beef about that for a time. There was dispute about what should be done with this cat that I loved and Bobby always kind of lamented. But it wasn't a surprise that he burned it. Though, on the Chris and Rosie Ramsey show, we presented it for comedic effect like a surprise. So the video of this engulfed cat comes on and I go, oh my gosh, oh no, that's where it is. Fine, everybody laughed. And part of why everyone laughed at that is because Chris and Rosie, like Chris very funnily said, well, Catherine, you're not someone who should have disposable income. Like, look at what you do. And it is a ridiculous, the cat's bigger than me. It's this giant cat bed that looks like our actual cat. You have to Google it. I mean, it's just worth seeing. And we made it funny. And also you have to understand my character. Like in the UK, my TV persona is someone who's a bit spoiled and wasteful and caustic and glam and kind of a consumer, you know? So Bobby's almost the people's champ for taking this ridiculous cat and setting it on fire in the garden. And then he very funnily said like, oh, and now I have more room for my golf swing as a callback to something we'd said about golf. It was like a bit, but a TikToker, and I don't know their name, but I know that Joanne follows them. Joanne said, I've seen a TikToker. She took this bit out of contact store. Like she didn't get that it was a joke. And she's put this big TikTok about how toxic Bobby is, about how it's like domestic abuse that he would, you know, he's asserting his dominance and he's um, humiliating you by taking something that you love and destroying it and publicly shaming you for having loved this thing. And everyone's laughing at you. And I'm just thinking like, Joanne, first of all, it doesn't matter. That's great. Like, yes, hashtag cancel Bobby. Get him out of here. That's hilarious. Bobby won't really mind. I mean, he might have bit. Is quite. It's got a lot of comments at this point. But um, you know, you just have to let these things roll off your back. And Joanne's like, "Well, I'll be thinking about this for weeks." And then I looked at the video, and it is, you know, Joanne had made a comment like, "These are my family members. Please stop what you're doing." And I'm like, Joanne, you gotta just get with the program. Like, this is what we do. This is our job. And there are people like. It's metamodernism almost to take things that you see in media and then use them as an example to talk about culture and to talk about social issues. And it is true. The person who made this TikTok and called Bobby basically an abuser, it's like, yes, in a normal relationship, not heightened for a panel show, where the people are not me and Bobby, because the backstory of that is, of course, my character, but also everyone knows that I love Bobby very much and you know people kind of know I think that he wouldn't just do something like that out of that context if a normal hashtag you know quote unquote normal relationship a man took something that you loved destroyed it and then didn't tell you for ages and then publicly laughed in your face I can see how that would be very toxic so everyone's right in this scenario like the TikTok is correct and I'm happy that people can see a model of that behavior and go oh you know, because it could be a very important teaching moment. Someone could see that and go, do you know what? My partner took something of mine and destroyed it or doesn't listen to me and doesn't value the things that I hold dear and mocks me for what I love. And, you know, that TikTok could help someone recognize their own life in what was essentially a sketch. And in this sketch, rooted in truth, but heightened for comedy, you know, we're not making fun of toxic relationships or like belittling what is a serious red flag in a relationship. We're just heightening like what actually happened with us. And because it's us, if it were anyone else, you know, you might worry, but because it's us and I'm a very strong personality uh, who is a hyper consumer, like it works. I think it works. And everyone in the studio thought it was funny on the day. It got laughs. I think people get it. But Joanne, my God, Joanne, you got to get over it. 
you got to get over it, girl, because it's fine and Bobby's fine and I'm fine. And like, this is what we get paid to do is to like make people laugh, but also be provocative and evoke reactions, different reactions from different people. But the comments on there are like, leave him, honey, divorce. Oh, Lord. And Bobby doesn't even know yet. That's the funny thing about it. Bobby's golfing with his friend John. He does not even realize that he's being canceled on TikTok as we speak. I'm sure Violet knows. <laughs> Violet's all about TikTok. Some people were like, Catherine Ryan was a strong single mother once. She can do it again. Take him. Oh, yeah, they go take him for everything he's worth. All right. Like, no one would assume that I'm the breadwinner. Oh, and another clip from that show. It was a great show. I love Chris and Rosie Ramsey. There was another clip where I do complain about the golf. And all the comments were like, well, she's a stay-at-home mom. Like, if he's providing for the family, then he should come home and golf if he wants to. It's like, it's just so funny um, that every conversation, every, like, shred of, you know, media, like, content sparks conversation that's so revealing about people and culture and what people assume and what their unconscious biases, what they think and how, how they react to different, you know, I just think people are so interesting. This is why I do the job that I love. I'm so blessed to do it. I don't expect everyone to agree with me. I like being a little bit provocative because then I get to see people. I get to see people for who they really are. But my main takeaway is yes, cancel Bobby. Bobby should be canceled at once. Let's have some words from our sponsors now. And when we return, we have two weeks worth of emails. So I can't wait to get to your letters and see what's been going on with you. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Here is the roundup from Joanne. Catherine, many, many, many. Straight women wrote in quite triggered about being passed over for their man's dog. I didn't realize this was such a common occurrence. I've never been involved in anything serious with a guy with a dog, but way back in my early 20s, oh, she's using her ex-boyfriend's name. I will not share his name on the podcast. Joanne's ex-boyfriend's cat really hated me and used to attack me when he wasn't home. Hmm. You shouldn't be so sensitive, Joanne. Um... Well, cats are bastards. I mean, that guy sucked, so maybe the cat was helping you, trying to teach you a lesson and be like, get out of here, like the movie, like literally the movie Get Out. Maybe that cat used to be a woman like you, free, and then was like hypnotized and put into the body of a cat. If you don't know what I'm talking about, watch the movie Get Out uh, by Peel and, I guess it is Jordan Peel. 
anyway, yeah, thanks for that, Joanne. Last week, there was a woman who was being looked over by her man and he was prioritizing the dog and that is not acceptable. A lot of you have had a similar experience. So I know men listen to this podcast and also, you know, non-binary people and lesbians and lots of different people. If a new partner is coming into your home, just be mindful. I think be mindful to with any guest that they, for them, it is very jarring to see you make out with a dog. And if someone is important to you, then you need to make space for them in your pack. And you definitely have to communicate that to your dog. Finally, there were lots of cute messages with date night ideas for you and BK. Oh, I can't go on a date with BK. He's canceled now. Speaking of which, I always get excited when you have guests on the podcast, but I really found myself laughing out loud at Bobby's recounting of his overly aggressive Thai massage. I went for a massage this past Friday, and rather than listening to trancy acoustic spa covers, Hannah and I listened to the podcast together while she worked on me. We were in giggling fits listening to Bobby's story. Evidently, massage pressure is yet another polarizing topic in our society. Thanks, Joanne. Great to know that you had a massage. Fitting in date nights. This is a new letter from you for Bobby and me and some of your experience about trying to keep the spark alive in your marriage. And let me be clear, the spark is not out in our marriage and the spark may not be out in your marriage. And this is the time though, that you have to invest. You don't wait till you're broke to address money problems. You like build for financial security. And I feel like it's important to do that in your marriage as well, to recognize that like we have a teenager and two small kids and we have to be strong together for them. But then it's really difficult because I just want to hang out with my kids all the time. So this is my dilemma. Okay. Catherine, first of all, love the podcast. Oh, what a fucking... I listen every week or however often. Fuck you. Listen, I'm trying to get the podcast out every week. Uh, That was underhanded, passive aggressive, not necessary. I was listening to the latest episode about spicing up date nights. And I thought you might be interested in this little independent company that my husband and I found on Instagram. They are called A Year of Dates, and they sell these cute personalized boxes with individual (coughs) envelopes, sorry, I'm about to be sick, containing different date ideas. They do loads of different options. My husband and I did the Round the World edition and loved it, so we bought the Year of Dates edition as well. Hope this helps. No, it will not help. I'm so sorry to be negative right out the gate, but this just sounds so stupid to me. I'm so sorry because I know it's a small company, but the the beauty of this is you guys listening might not think it's as stupid as I do. Okay, I'm going to look on their website. Date night boxes suitable for any couple with date night ideas and inspiration in many different formats. The gift that keeps couples engaged, exploring new experiences, and creating lasting memories together. I don't understand the creation of memories. Like, I I know so many muggles, and no offense to muggles, but you're either a wizard or a muggle. And every comedian I hang out with is a wizard, and that's not necessarily a good thing. And then, like, normal people are muggles, and that's not a bad thing. But it's like everyone I know who's got, like, a normal life and a normal job, they're like, let's make memories. It's like, why are you doing something now to enjoy it in the future? Like, look at it in the past. Just, like, have fun now. And then if you remember it, great. If you don't, also fine. Um, okay. A year of dates, a year of dates, monthly subscription. Oh, that's exciting. That's actually maybe better that on the 27th of every month for five pounds, you get envelopes with, uh, some monthly dates, personalized season editions, date cards, a movie night edition of a year of dates. Christ. Do people like this is no, I, it's not that I can't think of things to do. 
necessarily. It's that like I need creative ideas to quickly do things and then still be back with my kids. Engagement edition. A year of dates engagement edition. Look, if you just got engaged and you are running out of ideas, look, a year of dates engagement edition. June 1st, fuck. June 2nd, bang. June 3rd, blowjob. June 4th, bang twice. June 5th, like that's what you do when you get engaged. And if you need a decorative box to tell you what to do, don't walk down the aisle because you are done like dinner. Oh, a year of dates make memories edition. I might get this for Bobby just to watch him. A jar of dates just to watch him puke. And like, this is a lovely idea for most people, but this is so not me. And I'm being mean about your letter. Look, I love that you listen to the podcast. And I think it's funny that you called me out for not doing a podcast every week. Though, this is my 248th episode. And I do a lot. Date ideas to cherish forever. Okay, we got to get into some of these dates. Are they going to tell us what the dates are if I click on it? Description. Presented in a beautiful glass jar. And decorated with ribbon, the jar of dates is packed with carefully curated date ideas, each one designed to spark joy, foster connection, and encourage you to create unforgettable memories together. With 52 sealed envelopes, (laughs) plus five blank cards for you to add your own ideas. This is a perfect gift for a wedding anniversary or just because you want to spend more time together. Unleash the element of surprise as you reach into the jar deep, Deep, I'm adding the deep, deep, deep into the jar, selecting a colorful envelope containing an idea that promises to create cherished moments that will last a lifetime. Keep laughing, trying new things and making memories together. Everyone has busy lives and the dates are here to help spend quality time doing things you might not have thought of otherwise. All date nights are suitable for any couple, regardless of age or gender, and are designed to work for even the busiest of schedules. Some activities can be done at home, fuck that, and others involve a night out or a day trip. Plenty of surprises. Please just tell me some of them. Sneak peek, yes. Afternoon tea. Everyone enjoys a good afternoon tea. Oh, comedy night. Enjoy an evening of laughter. Go see a comedy show. Thanks. A year of dates.co.uk. That's great because you're sending people to comedy, so I do appreciate that. Train trip. Go and explore. Yes, that's right. Oh, Bobby, we only have a few moments away from the kids this evening. We've got the babysitter for like three hours. Let's spend it sweating our balls off on the Jubilee line, being elbowed in the nuts by commuters. <gasps> Stargazing. Look in awe at the universe. Oh, this is the worst one yet. Host a dinner party, invite friends around, and enjoy a social evening together. Ice cream sundaes. Who doesn't enjoy an ice cream? This is the muggliest, muggly shit. And look, some people are like, Catherine, what's wrong with you? I'm loving this idea. But no, no, no. Joanne, how fuck? You know what? who the real villain is here, Joanne? Why would you send me this? So that I can be mean to this lovely lady who sent me a great idea from the goodness of her heart. She listens to the podcast. She likes the podcast. And now you made me make fun of her. Ooh, there was a very well-meaning male listener last week who wrote in about how men are inherently violent due to just, you know, how we used to live. And I, you know, I didn't mean to jump all over this guy. Um, He told me a violent story that I didn't want to hear. And he said, like, women are capable of violence too. Yes. 
And then it happened to be relevant to the episode because I just found out about Remy Ma. So like, I, I appreciate your letter and I appreciate you still listening to the podcast. But this is a very interesting one. Anthropology 101 and Violent Men. So this is a response from one of our listeners to that man. Listening to your podcast this morning, I heard some misinformation that as an archaeologist, I would like to address. In the email from the man who claimed that men are genetically predisposed for violence as they had to hunt animals and keep away predators. Regardless of the fact our civilization has been farming for about 6,000 years, this was never true. There is no archaeological evidence for division of labor by gender, and we have plenty of archaeological and anthropological evidence for women and even children taking part in hunting activities. If you could hunt, you would. It's just basic survival. Younger children were likely cared for by both parents, siblings, or older members of the community who were less physically able. There's absolutely no genetic marker for violence. This is just part of the social conditioning of 2,000 years of the patriarchy. If you look back through human history and even before hominids, there's evidence for violence, yes, but also for care for the sick and injured. If we have to use the past to justify any modern actions, let us focus on this instead. Oh, that's a really nice email. I don't know though. I mean, I'm not an archaeologist, but I just, I do kind of agree with the guy who wrote in to say, like, I don't think it's an excuse for bad behavior. But having a toddler son, he's certainly, not through any social conditioning, he certainly is more about like speeding and crashing and danger and mayhem. <laughs> Maybe that's just Fred. Ooh, Catherine. Oh no, here's a new letter and I don't like the looks of this. You are not gonna like this one. Catherine, he has been cheating with escorts and he has become an escort. I've been there, honey. One of my exes did exactly the same. I've been with my boyfriend a year, just, and I found out that he's been using sex workers during our whole relationship. A couple of days ago, it came out that he had brought a nude photo of a woman. Oh, he bought. He purchased a nude photo of a woman on Insta for 20 pounds. 20 pounds. And he had also been viewing other content on all platforms. I was furious as we had discussed these boundaries, but my God, I didn't expect it to get as bad as it did. He reveals the next day he's been using escorts for years, including during our time together. There's more. The day after this, he finally admitted the big kick in the gut. He was also selling himself behind my back and behind his back, apparently, to a man. I don't have an issue with gender, but he swears up and down he isn't interested in men. So basically, he was just gay for pay multiple times. He says he just, quote, likes the money, but we are talking 60 pounds a time. Oh my gosh, not bank breaking money. I'm at such a loss on how someone can do this, but act so wonderful and loving and be so devoted. Oh my, he really is perfect in every way other than this. He's kind, considerate, thoughtful, and affectionate. He's just lovely. Of course, I've broken up with him, but he's still currently living in my home as he owes me a lot of money. <laughs> now listen, no, no, Catherine, keep it together. I'm not asking a question really as I know what I have to do thanks to you and hearing your advice for years, but what is worse than wasting a year is wasting one year plus one day, babe. Oh. You're right. You just have to cut it off and move forward. But I don't feel that you have wasted a year. I think 
in relationships where someone has a rescue syndrome or, you know, they're being constantly treated very badly, but they're very invested because they go, well, I could fix him and I could change him. I've been with him a week. What if I could stay with him three weeks? What if I could stay with him three months? What if I could make it to a year? What if I could get him to marry me? He could change and he never does. And that is a waste of your time. And that is when you say the only thing worse than wasting a year is wasting a year plus one day because people get caught up in the investment. Um, but it sounds like for the last year, you've been treated very well, you know? And you might have to work through therapy the betrayal of having been lied to that entire time. And also, maybe uh, for me, there would be an element of safety where he's been having sex with other people for money and presumably having sex with you. And to me, that is putting your well-being in danger, your health really bad so I would get to a clinic even if he says he's been using protection or whatever do you know what I mean it's a very intimate thing to be doing with someone else and not telling you and then exposing you to whatever he's been exposed to um, so I would go to a medical doctor first and I would get screening for that and maybe even your GP could suggest I know it's very difficult to get counseling on the NHS but I think that you should pursue if you can't afford it because obviously you've lent a lot of money to this this terrible businessman terrible businessman that is one real red flag like you don't want to be married to someone who is that bad at money like what where is his scale of economies at what is he doing buying a photo of a naked woman but then being heteronormative apparently and letting someone have anal sex with him for 60 pounds. It just doesn't add up. Do you know, like that time, like if he's, he doesn't enjoy it, if he's just gay for pay, he's getting 60 pounds that only, he can only afford three photos of three naked women and he's got you at home and he owes you money. Like he's ter terrible with money. Next, thank you, next. He has some personality disorder, definitely. And I don't think... He, you know, he sounds like, I think this is what's very interesting in a relationship is that there can be a duality to a person. And it would be so much better if bad people just walked around holding actual red flags. And you'd be like, I'm bad. I'm bad for you. I'm going to hurt your feelings. I'm going to betray you. I'm going to make you uh, feel endangered. I'm going to lie to you. Like, I would love it if you could see those things, but you can't because people can be very lovely and charming and kind. And I mean, maybe he just has terrible self-esteem. I don't know what's going on with this man. If you are listening and you know what's going on with this man, please let me know. Please let me know in the comments when I post this onto my socials or please email telling everybody everything at gmail.com. I am not a professional. I don't really care what's going on with this man. You know what I mean? That's not your business. That's another important takeaway from this. Whatever's wrong with him is not your business to pathologize or fix. You just have to look after yourself. You have been betrayed, you've been lied to, and your physical safety has been put in danger. So you need to get all of that straight with a professional therapist before you move on to your next relationship because you don't want to carry any trauma from this into that. And finally, may I say how proud I am that you know you had to leave him. Of course you did. And it has to be a no contact thing. You have to be like, no, for me, it's, it's very grown up and very powerful to assert your boundaries. For me, a boundary is being gay for pay and seeing escorts throughout the entirety of our relationship. You have an addiction. I think he has 
some type of addiction and you're too young and fabulous and fresh to be dealing with that. You have your whole life ahead of you. You didn't waste a year. You learned a valuable lesson, hopefully, and I hope that you can move forward relatively unscathed. Oh no, Catherine, my husband's best mate made a pass at me. Catherine, my boyfriend of 15 years and I had a close friend over for some beers. It was the usual guy's night. I was woken up by this friend in my bedroom, leaning over my side of the bed, rubbing my bare legs under the covers. That's assault, brother. In my drowsy state, I kicked him off and I said, go away, thinking it was my drunken boyfriend trying to get lucky. Catherine, it was not. He left the room. I woke up a bit more. Realizing what had happened, he then tried to come back in the room. I said, what are you doing in here? And he said, I've come to get a phone charger. He said there was one up here. I said, get out. There is one downstairs. Then he left again. I called my boyfriend and told him to come upstairs, not wishing to bump into said friend again. I explained to my boyfriend what had happened and he was shocked. He'd fallen asleep while watching telly as they'd both been drinking. He said he never sent him to get a charger. I asked him to get that man out of my house immediately. His friend sat outside in the street in his car for an hour at 2 a.m. to sober up and then drove himself home. We have not spoken to him since and this night has left me feeling so weird. I've literally had nightmares about this. So the question is, was this man so drunk he didn't know what he was doing? And am I wrong for wanting to cut him out of our life completely? Also, why do I feel so bad for ending the friendships our children have made? Can I still be friends with his girlfriend? And am I supposed to tell her? There's a lot to unpack here. I don't know this man's motivation for going into your room and touching your bare legs under the comforters. Like, like, I do know that men can get so, I mean, women definitely as well, and non-binary people can get so drunk that they genuinely don't know what they're doing. But that, to me, seems like a leap. And if you have children, then you're old enough to know better than to get that drunk. Especially, you know, you're, you're a big boy. Don't get so inebriated that you go and touch up your best friend's girlfriend. Do you know what I mean? So it kind of doesn't matter why he did it. It's like, at the end of the day, a massive boundary was crossed. You felt violated. Now you're scared. And so even if your mind, your intellectual brain goes, oh, you know, he didn't mean it. I'm just going to put this away and, and just pretend it never happened. Your central nervous system is going to scream at you every time this man is around. Your central nervous system is going to go, oh, oh my God, it's that guy who made us feel so scared. Like, why are you around him? And your central nervous system is going to go, well, her brain is clearly not fucking thinking clearly. I better do something. And it's going to give you who knows what anxiety or panic attacks or some type of shame or terrible animal feelings. So you have to listen to your central nervous system and quiet and comfort that first. Be like, yeah, central nervous system. What happened there was absolutely crazy. And how are we going to deal with that? I mean, it depends on how, how close friends did you say? Yeah, they're, they're close friends. You've been with this man for 15 years, though. And I love, by the way, that he's standing by you. And he's like, my friend did what and is cutting him out of your life. He needs to be cut out of your life, at least for some time. Why are women like this? And I don't mean this in a criticism. Like, uh, like, why are we like, oh, God, how can I make it better again? You didn't do anything. You were asleep. And you are thinking of how to fix it? How about he needs to come up with a way to fix this if he wants to be back in your boyfriend's and your life? And if he 
wants to square this away so that your children can stay friends. You know what I mean? Like, why are you managing these relationships when you didn't do anything wrong? What has he said? Like, if this was truly a one-off, he would go, maybe not to you, he would go to his, quote, your words, close friend, and he would go, what the fuck happened that night? Like, I was really drunk, and all I know is, like, I got kicked out, and then I woke up in my car, and I drove home. Like, what? Did I do anything that I should be? You know, people do that even when they haven't done anything wrong. It's part of drinking. It's called the shame. You wake up and you go, oh, no. And it's like, no, you just went to bed. He'll go, what did I do? And then your boyfriend will say, well, actually, Kevin, I don't know his name. Actually, you walked into my girlfriend's room, not once, but twice, and felt her bare legs under the covers and then lied about needing a charger. And she feels really violated by that. And then he will go, oh, my God, I didn't. Oh my. And then he will make some plan of his own to apologize to you profusely. This is not your burden at all. And if you feel like telling his girlfriend, you should. And if you don't feel like telling his girlfriend, you shouldn't. And if you want to spend time with just her and the kids, if you, that's your relationship and you're close, then you should. But you have every right to demand. And re- well, I mean, you haven't had to demand it because you have a good boyfriend and you have respectfully requested uh, distance from this man and your boyfriend is sticking with you. And that's right. Good. So like, I just wish women would not, you know, and it's not our fault because I'm the same. I would be doing the same as you. Like, oh, how can I fix it? It's like, you didn't do anything. Let's see what this guy has to say. And please update us if he says anything about it. If he takes any accountability whatsoever, even if he didn't mean to, a person would figure out that they were in trouble from their close friend and they would take it upon themselves to fix it. Not leave it to the woman who was asleep. I actually have a dilemma of my own that I would like to add to the podcast because listeners are really chiming in, like helping each other out. I love that. Anytime I can't answer a question fully, you guys are hot on the money, telling everybody everything at gmail.com. And I mean, this is also a lesson in my Zen attitude. Also, there's a giant bumblebee in the podcast studio now. And so you might be hearing from him. Well, maybe I should open the window and let him out live bumblebee live look at me i'm going to the lgbtqai awards tomorrow which is being boycotted by some people because it's sponsored by shell and bt and they're like you know it's not a great emissions record but look at me saving this bumblebee here you go cut out look i'm bringing my pocket microphone everything over so people can hear you live there you go live your best life out that way all right so that's not my dilemma my my dilemma is um and I wanted to save this to the end because I definitely don't want anyone to like go digging for who it is or like I don't want to make this a headline because I never use my ex's names really um there are many 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 I could be talking about anyone but there's one in particular who for a number of times has told people that I am his ex-wife and I don't like it because it's humiliating number one and it's not true number two i am no one's ex-wife bobby is my first husband i did not marry any of the people that i dated i didn't come close to marrying any of the people that i ever dated and for some reason i mean we know the reason someone in particular likes to show people photos of me when i was younger talk about me, say that I'm his ex-wife, like, and I got a call from this place being like, 
oh, hey, we got your number from your ex-husband. And I was like, uh, impossible. I don't have one. And they were like, oh, yeah, well, he said you're his ex-wife and we want to talk to you about this project. And I was like, for fuck. And I don't know, like, initial, my initial reaction was like, I've had enough of this because it's gone on for a while. And I said something in the kitchen and Violet was there. And she said, well, just why don't you contact him and ask him to stop calling you his ex-wife? And I feel like that is the logical approach to be like, hey, uh, a few people from a few different places have told me that you refer to me as your ex-wife. And I understand like maybe that's just shorthand for having had a long-term relationship with someone like, I don't know, maybe it's just easier for you to be like my ex-wife. Or maybe you feel weird about the fact that you've never been married. So you like to say that you have been. I don't know what's going on with you. It's not my business. But I I kind of want like a an injunction. I kind of don't want him to ever say my name again. But I wouldn't do that. And here's why I wouldn't do that. Because my golden rule is you don't ask a question if the answer A doesn't matter or B is going to be a lie. Or C, and this is an addendum, if it's not going to achieve the result that you want. If I ask this man to stop calling me his ex-wife, he will feel nothing but satisfaction that he's bothered me. And he will deny having ever called me his ex-wife. And he won't stop calling me his ex-wife. Um, I can imagine how the conversation will go. And he would just be like, I've never said, I don't know where that's coming. Okay, well, I don't want to get into that back and forth. So my option is just leave it. And I, I always feel like that's the best option, just an option of non-reaction. It's like, can I live with the fact that there's someone in the world that I'm embarrassed by who like calls me his ex-wife? Maybe a lot, maybe a little, but definitely a few times that I have heard. Yeah, I can. It's all right. It's much better than to draw attention to it, make a thing of it, call him out. Because there are certain people who will try to bait you into an interaction. And when you interact with them, then they feel a sense of achievement, like, ha, I've pissed her off or whatever. And I wouldn't shout or I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't get upset. But like even me kindly asking him to stop calling me his ex-wife would not be effective. So what should I do? I think I've I think I've reached the right, the right conclusion. Just leave it and you know what, for the rest of my life or his, depending on who lives longer, he's gonna call me his ex-wife. And I just need to just leave it because like it's not true. I know it's not true, but I think it didn't bother me until I was married. And then the times that I heard it, I kind of went, oh, I don't like. But you know, I think even in my life, I might have, because I was a single mom, because I had a daughter, and it certainly like even when I was expecting and sometimes I would feel shame about that. And I would say my husband, my I don't think I ever said my I don't know what I said. I just I think sometimes it can be shorthand. But overall now I think it's inappropriate and I would like it to stop. But I think the Catherine Ryan way is like, let it be and just move on from it. But that's fucking am I crazy or is that weird? It's weird, isn't it? I don't like it. Okay. One more email today. One letter from you. And there have been tons of amazing letters. More letters to come next week. If you ever want to write me one, it's telling everybody everything at gmail.com. Catherine, my brother got a new girlfriend and then he disappeared from our lives. I haven't seen my brother in over two years. He's at university and he started going out with a girl at the beginning of 2020. My family and I met her once. And even though it was a nice, if a bit awkward evening, she said she never wanted to see our parents ever again. So then lockdown struck. And I think their relationship escalated quickly. 
My brother started using COVID as an excuse not to see us when restrictions eased. The one or two times we did and his girlfriend, oh, he and his girlfriend couldn't separate. If she needed the loo, he would escort her there, etc. I remember being worried that they'd been locked down together and so their relationship got too intense too quickly. That was the last time I saw him. He cut off all connection with my family, blocking our numbers, leaving WhatsApp chats, and blocking us on every type of messaging app. On the same day, his girlfriend had done the same, so we couldn't even contact her or her mom, with whom they were living, either. He also blocked his friends from around home. We thought maybe he needed space from the family, as there had been tensions, particularly between him and my parents. But I never thought he would cut me and my sister out. I miss him so much, and I'm really worried. I don't want to blame a woman for my brother's actions, but is it a coincidence that he cut off all his friends and family after getting into this relationship? Is it coercive control and we're blind to it because the typical gender roles are reversed? We've given him the space he wanted for a year, but I'm wondering if he will ever come back. I know it's not the same, but I feel like I'm grieving my brother because I had thought we were close. Do I sit tight for a few years and see if he comes back? Do I try to contact him somehow? I've even driven down to where his girlfriend lives to see if I can find his car. Part of me is angry that he could just delete his family from his life. The other part of me just misses him. I miss chatting shit with my brother. Oh my God. I don't know what I would do. I really don't. And yes, coercive control is absolutely possible when the genders are reversed and maybe we are less likely to recognize it. But also I think COVID and lockdown and everything else that went on during that time was very damaging to a lot of people. And I'm not going to get into the politics of it, but for different age groups, it certainly had different devastating effects. Suicide rates went up and mental health is in the absolute toilet now and elderly people had to be alone and die alone and very young children had delayed uh, socialization and speech and it was like it was awful. It was monstrous and he could just have gotten cozy with this girl in lockdown and the tensions that you say he had with your parents maybe just got blown out of proportion and it became easier to avoid people. I think a lot of people, even without family tensions, had that experience. But um, yeah, this this bitch could be cray. In a situation like this, and uh, I might be wrong because it could push him away further, but I think the family is entitled to contact police to do a wellness check or a welfare check. If you have legitimate concerns about a child, certainly, the police can go and check. And I'm sure the same is true with your brother or any adult. You can go, these are the facts. This is how long it's been since we've heard from him. Because I would look at, oh, this is a weird reference, but the Scientology boss, something Stevenage, I think he's called, his wife has been missing for like 10 years. And people request wellness checks and things like that on her. And you know, Scientology is very powerful, so no one does these wellness checks or they come back like, she's fine. No, it's not Steven. It's just like Tammy McFadvich or something. I don't know. But anyway, she's missing and a submarine's missing. I didn't touch on that in this episode because it makes me too sad. And we're going to find out, I think, what happens if they don't surface basically now. I think it's a wrap. And that's, we'll talk about that. If you haven't heard the Titanic submarine thing, I digress, but look it up. And I think you can request wellness checks. And I know maybe you're worried that that's going to push him away even more. The other option is maybe to write a letter and send it to the mother's address where you know he last was living because you can't block the post. 
And then he can make a decision in his own time whether he wants to read your letter or not. And in that letter, just say how much you love him and how much you want to talk to him and just say, you know, we don't understand. And if you still want to block us and if we have been toxic in your life and if you are happier without us, fine. But we just want to understand that so that we know you're okay because of how much we love you and I miss chatting shit with you. And maybe send him some pictures of like what you've been doing in the last year, like print them out like old school and put them in the letter. And don't include your parents first. Oh, this is Carrie, my sister. Word. Hello. What? Are you blow drying your hair? Like, no, Alan just like turned on his like mixer the second I called you. Oh, well, I'm recording telling everybody everything. Oh, hello. Hi. Um, Joanna's gone absolutely off the deep end. What? This time? Well, Bobby's getting canceled on TikTok, which is hilarious. And Joanne's like, I'm feeling so fragile about it. I won't get past this for weeks. And she's like commenting on the TikTok being like, these are my family members. <laughs> what did he do? Uh, burned a cat house. But I mean, oh, I saw that. Yeah, it was I funny. It. Yeah. So um, I'm answering a letter now. And tell me if you know what this gal should do. She's very close with her brother or she was. And then he got a new girlfriend in 2020. They spent lockdown together and slowly he stopped seeing his parents and he stopped seeing his sisters and he cut off his friends even. And now no one has heard from him in a year. How old is he? Uh, like university age. Oh, that's what happens at that age. <laughs> no, he's like blocked his sister on everything. Like he won't. It's not that he's just not answering texts. It's that he's blocked everyone on everything and they don't even know where he lives. They don't know where he lives? Well, he was living with the girlfriend's mom, but... You're cutting out. I'm going to have to go into a different room now that the... Sorry, I have to go into a different room now that the... Chaos. Um, blender is off. What should she do? Well, there's nothing you can do. I mean, he's made a choice. All you can do is, like, decide to forgive him when they inevitably break up if she's a control freak. Yeah, but what if she's killed him? <laughs> then she gets to be in a Netflix series. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Ooh, and maybe the sister can be played by, like, Salma Hayek or something. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. No one's died, but... Yeah, it's unlikely. It's it's difficult. Like, you know, there's three sides to every story. Who knows if they're like, we don't like her, you're not talking to us anymore. And then he was like, this is what it's not like not talking to you. Yeah. And blocked them. Or yeah. if, you know, the sister was a crazy bitch and spat on the partner and then emailed his parents <laughs> how did you get my ex's parents email no i found them on facebook oh nice 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 i still have the message what does it say where is it on your facebook it's somewhere on my facebook messaging but it's something like hey thanks for watching the dogs just so you know oh. you are not done parenting because you've done a shit job there's probably in between parts of the story that we're missing. Yeah. That lead it to the block. And all you can do is forgive them when it's over. He has some type of tension with his parents, but I don't know. It's oh, it's wow. sad anyway. Because she misses her brother. I would be devastated if you blocked me. <laughs> you blocked me. No, I didn't. Yeah, after he spat in his face and emailed his dad. I didn't block you. I might have... Uh, blocked you from like commenting on things but I wasn't like you could call me I didn't block your number <laughs> I don't think we had the technology to like call each other very often back then I might have anyway. just like briefly stopped you commenting on all his like social media I don't know I don't remember but I wouldn't have blocked you 
Are you looking I forward mean, to your Ja Rule concert? I'm looking forward for Nelly and Carrie Hilton and Neo. That's going to be G. an absolute it's be so lit. jam. Where is it? Is it outside? It's in Toronto. Yeah, it's outside. That'll be so much fun. Just wear sunscreen. Oh, what is the sunscreen? Sometimes on your social media, you talk about like peptides. I don't think people understand that shit. I think you just need to be like, this is the sunscreen you need. I, I'll post it. I'll give it to you next time I see you. Is but it? It's a 50 SPF. It's SkinCeuticals Physical Fusion. That's the best sunscreen. I hope you're wearing that. I wear it all day, every day. I put it on every morning, 10 minutes after I do my skincare routine. And then it has silica in it, so it's a great primer for makeup if you decide to put makeup on over top of it. You don't need primer. Do you have a fetching hat for the concert? I don't have a hat, no. I feel like you need to take so many pictures and videos. I like wish I could go. I wish it wasn't like such a ball ache. I wish I had slept ever in the last two years and I could actually like come for a night. Um, the other thing Coming is, for the night, take I can't. No, I can't do that. I can't. I'll be like knackered. I, even Monaco almost killed me. And um, Bobby's taking me to a London hotel for my birthday on the 29th just to like lay in bed and chat shit and watch TV and then go back home. Oh, that's nice. What else are you doing for your birthday? I'm going to a black queer musical. That oh, is yeah? tipped to be the next Hamilton. Amazing. And then I'm going home. Um, what else was I going to say? Oh, I feel like we need a Google Pixel phone. This is not an ad, but... Uh, someone took my picture on one and it was great and I feel like you need to get one before the concert so you can get the most stunning pics for socials I think Abe has one. Oh my god iPhones can't take proper photos I don't know why mine are always just shite and blurry and I don't know I also have an iPhone 10 I'm like five iPhones below the newest one well that's not acceptable like you need to be taking fire pics Alan has a good, Alan's iPhone takes good pictures. I think he has a 14, but I never get a new iPhone until mine's like destroyed. Well, mine's old too, I think, but I just, I think we need to switch to Android for the photos. Uh, Well, Abe is going to be there and I will just, he'll be my photographer. You can't have your stepdad taking the kind of pics I'm looking for. (laughs) Oh, yes, I can. Have you seen our group chat? Yeah, that's true. All (laughs) right. Well, the podcast is finished, so I better go. I'm on a tight Uh, deadline. All right. Love you. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Telling Everybody Everything. If you want to write us a letter, it's tellingeverybodyeverything at gmail.com. Watch out for maybe another surprise episode coming over the weekend to make up for the fact that I missed last week, but I had an excuse. I also had to get in a car for three hours and go to Darby. Thought I was going to shit my pants. Didn't. Celebrate the little wins. See you soon. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. 
This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com